Terry Evans is ready to go. And we'll just have a chat to Terry. Good morning to you, mate. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Um, it's been a couple of days now. How's it sunk in? Uh, not really. No, it hasn't. It's been a pretty uh, wild sort of week leading up to the race. Um, doing a bit of promotion to try and get Tun Curry on the map. But, uh, yeah, it was a really good effort on the day. It was a big moment for the club before we have a chat about the race. And uh, as you well know, the club's been through a lot and they've worked hard to to get to where they are. Um, what was it like when people turned up there on Sunday for a $150,000 race? Yeah, well, well, the talk around the town was sort of beginning a couple of weeks before the race and, and it sort of crept up on everyone. And uh, when they got there, I think uh, guys on the TV could see how well the track was presented. All the edges have all been whippersnipped. I don't think there was a whippersnipper left in Tun Curry. They're all being used at the racetrack. So you know, all the volunteers sort of got into it and uh, made the place look a picture. And you're the only trainer based at Tun Curry, Terry? Yes, mate. Yeah, the only one on course there. Yeah. Yeah. And how many horses would you be working? We've got 17 in work. Uh, yep. Another 20 at home spelling at Rainbow Flats, sort of 15 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been there almost 15 years now. Who've been yeah. there from the, the start. And they were telling me when the club first got up, um, was first trying to get race meetings, there was a few telling the, the, the club administrators and the volunteers you'd be lucky to get a non-tab meeting. So why has this club become so successful, be able to, to get where they've, they've gotten the last couple of years especially? Well, if you see Gary McQuillan work, he's got yeah. that many volunteers underneath him. Um, he's got them cracking, doing everything, and everyone wants to do yep. it for the town. And there's some great people in the town, and they just want to get behind it and make Tung a success. And then Gary just works his bum off, and he's got an offsider. His wife Margaret probably does as much as Gary. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And we had yeah, Gary on the show last, yeah, last week, Terry, Terry, and you could just hear the passion in his voice, yeah. and and. Um, uh, what this club means to him. And I think he understands what a racing club means to a community as well. Exactly, yeah. No, and now we've got Racing New South Wales behind them. They're doing doing more repairs to the training surfaces as well, which obviously helps us. Yeah. Uh, we started off, it was pretty ordinary. Uh, it was like working in the Simpson Desert some days there. But uh, yeah. anyway, it's up and running now. We've bought ourselves a treadmill and we're going forward. And even a couple of years ago, I can still see the picture of you with a garden hose trying to fight fires and, and save your property at Tunkari. So um, uh, it's been a big couple of years, but um, what was it like winning that race after what you've been through over the last couple of years there on Sunday? Yeah, oh, I was ecstatic. Um, and yeah. to talk with all the owners there, it was just so much excitement and obviously a big relief because we've had a bit of pressure on us over the last few years and with those bushfires, like it, it still just brings back bad memories when you think about it and talk about it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you never forget it, but uh, and so racing New South Wales, they help us out immensely and we'll never forget them either for what they did for us on the, at that time. Because we've seen it in a few of the country areas of late, there's been floods over the last 12 months, but it's amazing how the racing industry especially gets behind their own when um, people are doing it tough and going through natural disasters like you guys did. Um, yeah. A few years back, yeah, they, it's it's amazing. You know, the industry. You know, obviously we're a bit biased. It's it's one of the best that you could be involved with. 
And once someone's down a little bit, they get behind you and give you a hand. And this yep. is the race in New South Wales. We were, we were down. We thought we'd lost everything when the bushfires went through, even the house, you know. But yep. they were on the phone within half an hour, Philip O'Brien and Peter Volandes, and it was just a terrific effort from them. And it's even more remarkable when you think about those fires that you're able to have and host a country championship race a couple of years later. Oh, exactly. Like the, the flames were circling the track, you know, yeah. and, and we, we had to put all the horses in the centre of the track. We've got a big dam there, and we fed all the horses in there, but they were all just loose in the centre yeah. of the track, obviously locked in, and the flames doing a circle around the, the track. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So on Sunday you rock up to to Tunkari and you got the country championship race and of course if you win that you qualify for the big country championship race there on championship um, championships day there at Randwick and Sir Ravenelli's just been a new addition to your stable but boy he's been some addition were you expecting him to do what he did there on Sunday? I was but we're a bit sort of hesitant when the barrier draw came out yep. and then once a lot of the emergencies got sort of inside gates we thought oh that that's okay. We might come into 11, and if we can get a bit of pace on, he might be able to get across and follow someone along. But then when the emergency's got a run, um, changed again. We ended up going out to 13 out of 14. So, um, But anyway, D- Digger McClellan, he just rode him a treat. He took his time and waited till he got across up near the, sort of eight 900 and got some cover behind the leader and then sort of let down in the straight. It was a great effort. And I was watching the coverage on Sky Thoroughbred Central, and you could, you could hear and you could see the emotion um, in you straight after that race. So I guess winning a race like that is nearly like your Melbourne Cup in a way, Terry. Oh, exactly. Like as I say, with all the owners there and, and the emotion yeah. with all the locals that were at the track, and even before the race, like we're up on the hill and everyone's in their little cabanas and just the <laughs> excitement, waiting for the race to come on and. And once, once we won, yeah, like they just said that the tears were flowing in, in the whole racetrack for, for yeah. all the locals, you know, with the emotion. So and tell it, us about yeah, yes. emotional. Yeah, sorry. So, so tell us about the owners and how you got this horse. Well, we were through um, a couple of our stable representatives, Steve Hart, the racing photographer, and Andrew Reichardt. They're well known within the industry. They've got a nice contact in New Zealand. We had a discussion and we thought we'd buy a few nice horses out of the sales over there and we bought five over the last sort of two years and uh, we sort of sourced this guy out of the trials had a look at his video um, thought yeah let's let's have a go at this and we got him here and approached a few of the owners that were already in horses with us and they they jumped it to chance you know yeah. and we just put a Sydney together and, and bought him out with Terry Evans here on the Bet365 Country Racing Hour to kick off Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning. And Sir Ravenelli, Terry's horse, took out the country championship heat there at Tunkari on at the weekend. It's the first time ever that race club had hosted a country championship heat. And Terry Evans is the only trainer based there at Tunkari. So it was an emotional victory. And Terry, um, I would imagine the buses would be packed or people started to book their flights to head to Sydney to watch Sir Ravenelli <laughs> compete. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of that, we had a sort of group discussion on Sunday night over a few drinks after the race, and, <laughs> and I said, well, how do we get there, and how, how do we book, you know? <laughs> so, and where do we go? And I said, oh, well, we'll worry about it in a few days and uh, start searching the motel sites. <laughs> yep. Um, are you starting to dream, mate? Do you think he's good enough to, to mix it with the best country gallopers in New South Wales? 
Oh, like, he's good enough. It's like a lot of things with luck on the day and the barrier draw, and we're going to be obviously racing better class horses again. Uh, the top echelon of the country horses coming from every area, but um, he's good enough, I think. He's improved every start since we've had him. He's been a working progress. He was a little bit of a delinquent early on when we got him, but we've sort of calmed him down a little bit, and he's racing fairly genuine now, and uh, jockey Digger McClellan, he just gets him through his gears, and uh, he stays straight, and you know, just hits the line strong. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, well, we can dream we're there anyway, so um, we've got a good chance at anyone. All right, mate. Well, we appreciate your time here on Giddy Up and the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. Um, you're a star, Terry, and it was a great story. That's why I think we all love racing stories like that and um, what that victory meant to your local community. And we wish you the best of luck in the, the preparation for that country yeah, championship thanks. final in a couple of or well, six weeks' time. Six weeks, yeah. Thanks very much, Gareth. It's a good. really good experience. Yeah, a bloody star, mate. Thanks for that, Terry. We'll follow the story, mate. We'll keep in touch because I think we'll be cheering you home. I know Brett Kavanagh just walked past me at the English sales. We'll keep it quiet because you probably have to take him on, mate. But um, that we'll be cheering for the Tunkari horse, mate. We appreciate your time, Terry. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. We're live at the Riverside Complex, of course, for day three of the English Classic Sales. And this is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. And the pride and joy of Scone is Arrowfield. They're being one of the biggest farms, not only in this country, but in the world. And, of course, they're playing a major part at the Classic Sales and the Bloodstock Manager of Arrowfield. John Freyer joins us live at Riverside. John, thanks for joining us here on Giddy Up, mate. Pleasure to be here, Gary. Um, Castle Vecchio, first of all, I was walking through your barn there the other day and there was the plaque there of Castle Vecchio and this was the barn that he was living in when he was at these sales, what, four or five years, six years ago now, I would yep, imagine it right. would have been. Um, and he was such a striking thoroughbred, wasn't he, when you saw him in the mounting yard? But he's selling his first crop of yearlings at the, this year's classic sales. And um, have you been happy with the way that they've been able to sell? Yeah, look, we are. We, they've sold particularly well. Um, there's been a few very nice ones. Uh, and they've gone to good homes. Yep. Um, there was one we sold last night that Gary Portelli bought. Interesting story. Gary was uh, determined to buy Castelvecchio as a yearling yeah. himself. And he got caught up looking at another yearling and ran up to the ring and the horse had already been knocked down. Yeah. So he was he was devastated and, of course, followed the horse's career because he was trained at Warwick Farm where he is. And uh, so he was determined to buy a few of his progeny and he bought a very nice uh, cold off us last night. Yeah, and Castelvecchio, he was a horse that... Well, he was unlucky not to win a Cox Plate. I think he ran into an absolute superstar from Japan, and then he was dominant as a two-year-old. So he was a unique racehorse like that. He had one hell of a career, and he was only a couple of lengths off being one of the greats when you think about it, if he won a Cox Plate that year. Oh, absolutely. That run in the Cox Plate was spectacular. Yep. I mean, um, it was interesting because Craig... Uh, was determined to make the others carry their weight because he was had the three-year-old weight and he went early on him and by going early he actually let Liz Grasser out of the pocket and yeah. uh, and she picked him up and beat him in the last sort of last 50 metres or something like that but she subsequently went back to Japan won a group one by six lengths so we know how great a mare she was um, he was a fantastic horse I mean he won his first start as a two-year-old two -year yeah. uh, then he won the Millennium here at Warwick Farms in such great fashion and um, and then uh, then he had 
it was a little bit of a tricky program for him because he was getting ready for the slipper and he may have well been a slipper horse but but he only had the chance to run in the one race beforehand the skyline and he yeah. was probably just not ready for that charged home late and missed but because the prize money for the millennium didn't count towards the slipper yeah. he wasn't going to get a start so uh it turned out the, sh the size and the champagne were his targets. Well, this is another debate for another day, but it should have counted um, at the end of the day when there's so much prize money up, up for grabs at these sales races. It's, um, you would imagine that they would have taken that into consideration, especially well, think, in today's world. Yeah, with the Magic Millions and, and the, the English Correct. race series, it probably should count for something Have they least. changed it? Uh, uh, in terms of... The prize money to count for the Golden Star? No, Star? I believe not. Which is outrageous, really, because if you've got a horse now and you buy the English sales, you're setting it for a $2 million race, aren't you? Absolutely. No other... Absolutely. <laughs> so, so this is nearly a grand final in a way for most of these horses before they move on to the slipper. So hopefully common sense prevails eventually. But um, And that is another argument, the story when it comes to patterns, etc., how everybody, I think, needs to work together. But Castelvecchio, has he, has he stamped his yearlings? Because he was a... He was, as I mentioned before, from the top. He was one of those horses that when he, he, he arrived in the mounting yard, he did really take you back a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he really has stamped them. Um, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a done deal, but he's out of a De Hair mare, and he, we, we feel that he's got a lot of De Hair uh, in him himself, and we see that in his, pro, in, in his progeny. Um, but they're of a type, and you can go into the yeah. paddock at home and look through a whole bunch of uh, yearlings or foals, whatever and you can just identify them straight away talking to a few of the bigger trainers over the last couple of months especially at the sales season they tell me gareth like i know wayne hawks who's a regular on our show indicated that the next big stone in this part of the world who really start to stamp his authority is the kiwi done deal um i know you might be a little bit biased but do you feel that momentum building for he's he's already gained great momentum done deal but do you feel that he's He's ready to really stamp his authority as one of the, the best stallions in the, in the country. Oh, he's, he's an amazing stallion. And yeah. he's, he's, he's well capable of getting that superstar horse. Yeah. And the great stallions are, are able to do that. And, uh, and I think now he's on a, on a major upward trajectory. Um, just seeing with a few of his two-year-old colts this year that have come through that really look yeah. special horses. So uh, I think he is. So I think, uh, and I know Hawkses have got two or three that they're yeah. sort of very excited about, which is probably colouring <laughs> Wayne's thoughts. But uh, you might look out for a couple of those yeah. in the next two or three weeks. Yeah, one that debuted the other day at Packenham from last to first off a slow tempo, and looks like it's got um, well above average at the moment. So, yeah, they're exciting the done deals, and and just with these classic sales like you can find a bargain there's been proof over the years that there's been some of the champions like a Marsu for instance not quite a champion but a horse that's been able to of recent time been able to compete and and be competitive against the best sprinters in the land from Arrowfield's point of view what kind of horses do you try and send here at the classic sales well I think we're we're sending the horses that in some respects they're probably uh you know, they're by our stallions, they're out of the mares that, that aren't the A-grade mares, yep. you know, the Easter quality mares, but they're, they're really solid solid mares. They've been mated with, for a specific purpose to that stallion. They're good types, they're solid, you know, individuals, 
and as a consequence, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of really nice horses come out of yep. this classic sale, and they're because they haven't got the really fancy, sexy pedigrees. Um, they're at a really affordable price, and the way prize money's gone, that's you yeah. know it's looking attractive yeah. to, to to get one of these type of horses. And especially with the local breeding schemes these days, whether it's in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, have really improved their Q bred. Mm. Um, WA do a really good job as well. That, um, and English with their maiden new series that this they're investing a lot of money into is um, you're a good chance in a way to get some of your money back anyway if you even very um, much so yeah have a horse that wins one race absolutely yeah. I think the English uh, maiden series is a, is a, is a great initiative yeah and it gives people uh, that uh, springboard to sort of to to recover their uh, you know their um, output initially. And, and it's really attractive for, for, for buyers as well, trainers, agents buying horses and then looking to syndicate them. Yeah. Um, you look and you say, well, if we place a horse properly, yeah. um, you know, there's an opportunity to win prize money of the race and a $100,000 bonus to boot. And you've got a couple of your star colts being set through the ring today? Yes, we have. We've yeah. got uh, a, a really nice autumn sun cult going yes. through early and a written tycoon cult um, out of a mare called Lures who's assisted to Alberta. Um, we, you know, we thought that the Autumn Sun Cold out of a, a, a half-sister to Messine was probably our best horse here. Um, he was the standout. He's actually been the most popular horse, at least anyway. So uh, he goes through quite early this morning. So the Autumn Sun, he had his chance to sell his yearlings for the first time last, last year. He had his first winner in New Zealand recently. Mm. What's been the feedback that you've been hearing from the trainers and the breeders regarding the Autumn Suns? Uh, very exciting. Um, you know, I think we're, we're going to see big things from him sort of this autumn and um, and through this year. Um, all the trainers that have got them are really excited about them. Chris Waller's got six, and I know he thinks a couple of his are sort of amongst his best two-year-olds. Um, Gay Waterhouse, and they had a very good trialer yesterday. Yep. She's got Deciduous, who's being set for the size produce. Um, Mick Price has got two or three that have won trials. Their trainers are bringing them along a little bit slowly. Um, and uh, you know, but with the view that they're going to be nice later season two year olds and three year olds. Yep, I was talking to a few of your staff working out the back, and um, you've really got a really good team there good, young, enthusiastic, passionate team of people that work for our field at these sales. And I was asking them about the boss and, and John Massara, and um, he sounds like it, when you talk to your staff in a way, and you well know, John, he's, he sounds like that. He's a great leader in a way, and there's a different side to him that the people that work for him get to see compared to the others from the outside that know John Massaro's wore so many different hats in this racing game. Would I right, be right in saying that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, James, a great enthusiast. That's the one yeah. thing. And that enthusiasm is really infectious. Yeah. It goes through everybody in the organisation, so... That's that's the first thing. But secondly, you know, there's a very humorous side to him that a lot yes. of other people don't see. And uh, he loves having the mickey taken out of him. And and, <laughs> and we all do that incessantly. Yeah. So, uh, But he enjoys that. And, yeah. uh, you know, we all get along t terribly well. So it's, it's it's a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, people see a different side of him. But uh, there is a very uh, funny, humorous side of, yeah. of JM. And all the staff enjoy that. Well, we appreciate your time. John, for joining us here on Giddy Up and the Bet 365 Country Racing Hour to kick off proceedings. And you've got the classic sales, but it only gets a little bit more hectic, I would imagine, as well, because the premier sales in Melbourne seems to be getting bigger and better each year. And 
as Wayne Hawkes pointed out yesterday, you don't get to see, you see a few Victorian trainers, but it, I reckon they're saving themselves for the, the Premier sales. And then, of course, we've got the Easter sales after that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you're right. I, there hasn't been as many Victorian trainers yeah. here. Uh, so the Premier's coming up at the end of uh, end of February, early March. And then, of course, we're back here for Easter at uh, the end of March. So uh, that'll be exciting. That'll be our biggest draft of the year. We'll have 68 yearlings okay. for, for Easter. So, uh, you know, we'll be really focusing on yeah. that. You might need me. We, we might need to come and help um, <laughs> inspect a few, parade a few yearlings. I might have to work on my horsemanship. But, um, <laughs> in fact, I'll be wasting your time, John. <laughs> hey, we appreciate, uh, appreciate your time, mate. Um, Arrowfield do some wonderful things. I don't think... A lot of people get to see what Arrowfield do for the for the racing game outside of um, selling horses. I think John Massaro is a very passionate man that loves racing, wants to make a difference. And um, yeah, I think you guys are terrific, and we appreciate you coming on our show this morning. And we wish you the best of luck over um, uh, the rest of the sales season. Thanks, Gareth. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. There's John Freyer, the bloodstock manager there for Arrowfield. And, of course, Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogs online now at inglis.com.au. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour. And this was, as I mentioned before, that break, Glenn Dayton. This is a terrific story. Um, based at Shepparton, he's got a superstar middle distance greyhound and Dookie Devil who was successful there on Saturday night in one of the group threes or group one races there at the Meadows on Saturday night. Of course, that was the rookie rebel over the middle distance of 600 metres and Glenn joins us now on Getty Up. Good morning to you, Glenn. Thanks for your time, mate. No, thank you. Yep. Tell us, night. tell us the story how you got into greyhound racing. Uh, how we got into grain racing. Um, I suppose, yeah, similar to what you said, we sort of went to the Shepherd and Greyhound track and, um, yeah, just watched it for a few weeks and thought we better maybe have a go at this and um, got involved, bought a, a dog and bred some pups and, yeah, away we went. Started, uh, yeah, racing and having a bit of fun at the moment, yeah, for sure. So you're based at Cons- Cosgrove, which is, I think it's between Shepherd and Benalla, is that right? Spot on, yep. So we yep. just overlook our farm, overlooks the Dookie Hills. That's where we got the name okay. Dookie Devil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, so you're telling me that you went to the Greyhounds, thought this would be okay, and basically self-taught yourself. Is that right? Um, oh, look, a lot of people on the way obviously helped us out, um, just sort of giving a few um, ideas here and there. But, yeah, I think eventually you sort of got to sort of make some common sense moves and sort of... Yeah, make your own decisions and things like that. But, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. That's probably the way. I haven't sort of been mentored by, you know, any professionals at the time. But, yeah, that, that was – yeah, but it, it sort of all panned out. And I think if you look after your, your animals and do the right thing and do everything common sense, you, you've got a fair chance of getting something for sure. So how long have you been doing it for now, training greyhounds? Uh, probably uh, – I've had greyhounds for – like I've been involved in it for probably over 20 years, so yep. probably training for probably eight or ten years now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like and when, sort of I, when I was asked, yeah, yep. When I when I was asking yep. few people about you, Glenn, it's they're they're amazed and in awe of your ability to find superstar middle distance greyhounds. So what's been the key to that success? Um, I think maybe we do a lot of we work them very hard. Um, we've got straight tracks and everything here. We've also got 
like a fairly big farm, so we walk along the, the rivers and things. We do a lot of walking, a lot of exercising with dogs. We don't trial dogs much, but, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. We just seem to, like, we've had some great dogs, like, you know, Bookkeeper, Black Impala, all good 600-metre group dogs, and I don't know what it is, and it seems like even some of the little ones we thought were going to be sprinters, like little Jackpot Joan on Saturday night over the 600, she won, and... You know, you think at the time they're going to run lucky 300 metres, but then all of a sudden they start running 600. So I don't know. Maybe it's the way we're training or just um, lucky or unlucky, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how many greyhounds have you got in your kennels? Yep, so I'm training at the moment. We've got three greyhounds in the kennels we're training at the moment, like just three. Um, so we've got Jackpot Joan, Dookie Devil, yep. and Benalla Bandit. And then we've got probably about another... Um, six little pups and four pre-training pups that we're doing the next litter after um, yeah. Dookie Devil. So, yeah, we don't have many, that's for sure. So, and, yeah. yeah, just a and small all, number. And they're all special to you. Jackpot Joan, is is she named after your beautiful mother? Yes, this is correct, yes. Yeah. We, um, we named it, uh, well, her name was Joan, and she seems to like the uh, playing the poker machines, and we thought well, this would be a good name. Jackpot Joan, we thought we'll be right. She was a bit embarrassed at the time, but she seems to have come around to it now. She's happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, oh, that's a ripper story. Yeah. So you, you win the Group 1 with Dookie there on, on Saturday night. Um, yep. Do you have to pinch yeah. yourself when you tell your mates at the local pub how much money that you can raise for greyhounds these days? Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, I mean, Saturday night with the two winners there, like, you, you know, it's quite a lot of money and you think, gee, you know, yeah, it yeah. is. It's amazing at the moment. Racing dogs, it's sort of, yeah, you could basically, you could just about do it full time if you had a few dogs. I suppose a lot of people do, but we sort of, we've got a farm and then we've got another business in Melbourne that we do as well. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, there's plenty of money in dog racing. That's for sure. If you get the right dogs and you can have a lot of fun and make a lot of money, for sure. Yeah. I think the moral of your story a little bit as well, which is, I think, great for the sport of greyhound racing, and it's a story that should be told a little bit more, is that you can, it's not that hard to start. You can you can find a few greyhounds, and um, you can try and get, uh, try your hand to training greyhound um, yeah, greyhounds. Look, I think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, like, probably the mistake a lot of people make maybe is getting too many dogs and trying to get, you know, the more numbers, you'll get more success. I like personally, I think you, you just want to have just enough that you can handle, or a couple, two or three, and do. And the dogs really appreciate you put more time into them, and they sort of repay you back that way. Like we've had more success with just less dogs than too many. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can do that one on one with the dogs, and they sort of try harder for you. I think so. Yeah, that's sort of my theory, but I'm not sure. It might <laughs> might yeah. be for everyone, but yeah, look after them, and they'll look after you. I think the theory is working pretty well at the moment, Glenn. When do we get to see Dookie Devil next? Uh, look, the plan is to take him into New South Wales Territory and try and... There's a, a fairly large race at um, Dubbo, a 600-metre middle-distance race. It's a special event they've put on there. So, yeah, we'll try for that. And then we'll possibly come back to Sandown later in the year and we're going to try and step him up to the 700 metres and just see if he can run that in, in the Sandown Cup. So, yeah, we'll sort of sparingly sort of try and get him up to that distance and hopefully he runs it and um yeah that'll be the next thing so so dubbo next which is a fair drive but yeah we'll give it a crack anyway see what uh, happens 
It's a great yarn. We wish yeah. you the best of luck as well, mate. Well done on Saturday night. It was a big night for your family and job well done. And, um, yep, yep, keep no, on doing what you're doing, mate. That's all we'll do. Yep, thank you very much for your time. Good on, good on you, Glenn. There's Glenn Dayton. That's a terrific story. So he's only got, what, three or four greyhounds in work, a double there on Saturday night, including the Group 1 Zoom top for the middle distance greyhounds. And um, basically self-taught himself how to train and now he's producing... Um, some of the superstars of the sport. So that is a terrific yarn. We'll take a break on the other side of it we'll, on the Bet365 Country Racing Show. Get your pens out because we're about to black book a few of the country gallopers in New South Wales and Victoria with Mickey Gannon, the man from the great tip-off, and Benny Said, who's had a look around Victoria um, in a bid to help us back a few winners over the next week. Thanks to firstlightracing.com.au. This is the Bet365 Country Racing Hour, and it's time for the Bet365 Country Racing Black Bookers. Mickey Gannon from the Great Tip-Off joins us. G'day, Mickey. Morning, G. How are you going this morning, mate? Um, we're heading north or south of New South Wales, first of all, to kick off our Black Bookers. Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Look, let's head north, and first of all, just hats off to uh, Gary McClellan and his team up at Tonkari. That was a fantastic meeting they put yes. on Sunday, and uh, full credit to Terry Evans and Digger McClellan for the effort they put in. Um, with Sir Ravenelli and to, to win that race, the, the country championship heat, and I'll be heading to uh, Randwick in six weeks' time is just enormous. So really, really good to hear that they had some great success up there, and that that is a good segue into the uh, Northern performer, which is Sir Ravenelli. Um, yep. was given a very, very good very, very good ride and was just dominant in that race. And I can't wait to see that horse head to uh, the country championships and they'll be giving a huge sight for its owners, mate. So you think he can be competitive in the big dance? Yeah, he can go pretty close. You know, he's a horse that's been sort of competitive at that level in the past. Obviously, you know, you are going to get some um, horses from down south that are always, you know, pop up here and there. But, you know, the horses like that put themselves on speed. They're always a chance, G. Yep, no, I totally agree. And as we heard this morning to kick off the Bet365 Country Racing Hour, geez, Terry Evans is a terrific yard. Um, from what that what he had to go through with the bushfires a few years back and then obviously only being the only trainer there at Tunkari and they get their opportunity to host a, a country racing or a country championship heat and then they salute with a Kiwi bread galloper full of local owners who are, who are bawling their eyes out in... in enjoy after winning a race like that it, it just as I, as I said to Terry that's why we all love the game that's it exactly right G and you know the bushfires and everything they've had to go through to even get that uh, that track to a, a a tab meeting is just extraordinary so super stuff that's what we're here for that's what the game's all about G and uh, I know you're down there at the English sales and plenty of people buying up but um, spending big money but you don't always have to spend big money to, to win races as well what about the southern part of New South Wales mate yeah, one from eight Beery. Danny Beasley was on board. This horse called Magnolia yep. Bell ran a second fastest last 600 metres of the meeting uh, at Wagga recently. Absolutely put them away. Has more wind in store. So I think we can follow Magnolia Bell with uh, with confidence and it will go to a class one in the next couple of weeks and it should be doing the job as well. And, gee, we don't have any um, country racing coming up uh, today or tomorrow. We do head to Goulburn on Thursday. Nominations yep. are out. Acceptances will be out this morning. But there's a horse called Namid but Daniel Seed that is nominated. This horse ran the second fastest last 600 in the meeting last start at N-A-M-I-D in the mid. Uh, keep an eye out for that. If it goes around, it'll be going very close to Goldman on Thursday. Love your work, Mickey Gaddon. Looking forward to catching up with you um, throughout the week. In fact, we'll catch up with you for bag of tips. But I just want to say to our listeners out there, I played golf with Mickey Gaddon. 
And here's a dead set absolute superstar. I averaged about 13 shots per hole, but Mickey Gannon, I think he would have shot one under. Um, but he was that generous, he still lost money because he gave us that much of a handicap. So you're a good man, Mickey G. Um, you're tipping winners for fun as well. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. It was a good day out there. And, um, you know, full credit to Liverpool Golf Club that had us out there and put up with us all day. So thank you to them as well. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Mickey G. Thanks, G. Thanks, mate, for late. There's Mickey Gannon there. In Victoria over the weekend, there was some country cups. They had the Colac Cup on Friday, and that's always a very popular day. Um, and taking out this year's Colac Gold Cup over the 2,000 metres was... Aurora Symphony and um, Symphony, I should say. Simon Wilde prepares, and this is a talented stay. Won the Launceston Cup last year. I wonder if he'd be heading back there to go back to back in the Launceston Cup. But Simon Wilde's just on fire at the moment, based there at Warnable. In fact, all of the Warnable trainers are. And Benny said joins us now for his Black Bookers, based in Country Victoria. Um, g'day, Benny. Good morning, Gareth. Take it away with your best. Well, not best bets. Take it away with your black bookers, mate, there that you found in country Victoria. Yeah, mate, we've got uh, two black bookers to follow today. Oh, they're not racing today, but I've got two for you to follow in the next week or two. Uh, a horse by the name of Rich Paris. One last start at Warnable for the trainer Adam Chambers, who's based out that way. She's a really nice mare, this one. She's still doing a fair bit wrong in her races, but she's She's still finding a way to get the job done. She is improving her race manners with every start. And I think she's a mare that we can follow. I think she'll be very hard to beat when she goes around again. I think she's pretty smart, this horse. She's won her last two. I think she'll go on again and put another one on the board if she gets the right, right race set up. And uh, I think she's a pretty nice mare, as I said. So I've jotted that one down. Then what are we doing after that, mate? Mate, we got one from the jump outs, Evoca jump outs about 10 days ago. Horse by the name of Rapid Achiever. Ma Eustace trains at their country base out at Ballarat. This horse just worked enormous that day. I thought, look, he, she will get over ground this mare, but she looked pretty sharp to me. Look for her to step out over 14 to 1600 metres and be very hard to beat. She will get out over 2000. 2,400 metres in time, but she, she was very sharp in that jump out. I think we can follow her first up and then all through her preparation. Looks to have come back really well. So a couple of black bookers there, mate. So um, hopefully we can salute. They'll be racing the next week or so, Benny, I said. Yeah, mate. I, I, I see him racing within the next week to 10 days, I'd say. You're a great man, mate. We'll catch up with you in about five or so minutes there for Bag of Tips. You've done the form for us for the Benalla meeting. Sure have, mate. Sounds good. Good on you, Benny. There's Benny said there. It's quickly approaching 9 o'clock. It's a big middle hour coming up on Giddy Up, thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Bag of tips first of all, thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals. And then Midweek Masterclass, Jack Dickin, Shane Curlio, Peter Anthony, and Mark Roden to join me. And then we'll talk some harness racing as we face the breeze and get set for the Chariots of Fire weekend with Jack Trainer and Anthony Budd. But it's 9 o'clock. This is Giddy Up on this Tuesday morning.